I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hello and welcome to the Raptors Reaction Podcast for Yahoo Sports Canada. I'm your host, William Liu. I'm speaking to you after the Toronto Raptors lost a frustrating game by a score of 112-106 to the hated Boston Celtics, who came back in the fourth quarter and won behind a 36-24 fourth quarter charge that was led in large part to Kemba Walker, but also in large part because the Raptors made too many errors to win a game like this. I mean, really, when you look at the three main factors of why the Raptors lost tonight, it was one, turnovers. The Raptors committed 23 turnovers to the Celtics' nine Number two, it was offensive rebounding. The Raptors, I mean, they gave up 21 offensive rebounds to a team like the Celtics, who they're not even a very good offensive rebounding team. I mean, we're talking about a team that last season was 24th in offensive rebounding percentage. So that's pretty bad. And then three, Mark Gasol, which, man, Mark was bad. I mean, I know I said a couple of things about Mark in game one, but game two, oh, my God, he was bad. But we can get to Mark in a second. Let's talk about the first two issues. Number one, the turnovers. I feel like this is just a night where, look, some of the turnovers are the Raptors' mistakes for sure. Like, I, you know, you, you can't get away from the fact that, you know, Pascal Siakam has five turnovers, and a lot of that was him not being able to handle double teams, which obviously something as he grows as a number one option needs to learn and sort of develop. But, you know, a lot of it was just a very weird game in terms of foul calls. Like, I'm not really going to spend too much time arguing about foul calls in this game. Although... You know, I don't think it favored the Raptors, but I also am not surprised because every time you go to TD Garden, it's like the fucking ghost of Red Auerbach shows up and all of a sudden, you know, uh, most calls go in the Celtics' favor. I've just seen a lot of games in Boston before. This is just sort of what happens. Nick Nurse obviously took a huge exception to the officials because he waited around after the game and he lingered um, to try to talk to the officials who had actually left the court, I think, on the other side of the floor. It's actually pretty funny just watching Nick Nurse stand around and, and not get anything. Um but, yeah, I mean, you know, I feel like the officiating was rough in this one. Like, there were a couple of charges that just didn't look like charges, you know? <laughs> just, um, 
in the fourth quarter, I mean, Kemba Walker flopping his way into a charge. I think in the third quarter, he flopped his way into a charge. Uh, even the rookie Grant Williams was, uh, you know, flopping his way into charges and things like this. So it was just a night where, you know, I think it was both simultaneously a very loose whistle, but also a whistle that really favored sort of defensive actions. And so there was not a lot of free throws in this game. Like the two teams combined to shoot um, 33 free throws combined. Um, But also it was one of those games where, you know, you could do anything you wanted. Basically, defensively, there's a lot of contact on both ends of the floor. And, you know, that just created a really sloppy game. And I think the Raptors handled that physicality a lot worse than the Celtics, who, even though they weren't really scoring well offensively at all, like they only shot 38% from the field for the game. I mean, you know, at least they took care of the ball. And the Celtics won this game based on the possession battle. And, of course, the other part of the possession battle is you know, offensive rebounding and the Raptors. I mean, this is just a weakness. I said this in preseason. Um, it was pretty noticeable that the Raptors are just small. Like, this is just a small team, right? Um, you know, you got Gasol in the center. Gasol's not small, but he's not active at all. He basically can't move. Like, he's statuesque. Like, you know, if he stood outside, I feel like a pigeon would shit on him. Like, he's that statuesque right now. And so, okay, then you got Pascal at, small, at power forward. You know, he's not really small by power forward standards, but obviously his focus right now is leaking on in transition, going for those baskets, which obviously we know is a big part of his offensive game. But at the same time, that means that he's not going for the defensive rebound. And, you know, last game against uh, the Pelicans, he had 18 rebounds, including 12 on the defensive end. That's phenomenal. Today, only six defensive rebounds. And, and you know, that, that hurts because there's nobody else to make up that difference. Um, you know, OG, I think he even did pretty well considering like he's not an elite rebounder. He can get to become an elite rebounder. And I hope he sort of continues to develop that in that way. But, you know, he only had eight rebounds. You know, Mark himself plays 25 minutes. He has five rebounds. Kyle, you know, he does what he can, but he, we're talking about Kyle Lowry here. Fred Van Leet, very small. Terrence Davis is a plus rebounder, but also I don't know right now in terms of can you trust him in tough games like this like on, on the road against the Celtics? Not really. And he only played nine minutes. Stanley Johnson, not sure you can trust him at all, and I definitely don't think Nick Nurse trusts him at all. So he didn't play. Serge Ibaka does what he can, but he's one man. And really, Serge is not a very good rebounder for a center. And then Norm, who, you know, who knows, man. When you Whether or not you can trust Norm is, is, is always a question. But, you know, it's just this is a small team overall. Like, it just is. Like, last year, one of the many things that Kawhi did for this team was rebound. He was incredible at winning these loose balls. You know, like, you could have Gasol box out and sort of uh, – because, you know, it's not like Gasol's being lazy on that end. He just, generally speaking, he just does boxing out. That's his contribution to rebounding. Um, but you know, that means someone has to go get those boards. And a lot of the time last year, you know, Kawhi will give you those 10, 11, 13, 14 rebound type of games. And it wasn't uncommon. And now that he's gone, it's a big, big void to be filled. And even a guy like Danny is, is a lot bigger than Fred, you know, in terms of just comparing the two guard positions. So rebound is an issue. And the Celtics, I mean, they're a small, they're a small team. They're not a big team either. But they're kind of physical. Like, most of the guys, aside from Kevin Walker in the starting lineup, were, like, between, what, 6'6 six, six and 6'8 six, in the starting lineup today. Like, Tice started. He's a little small, but, you know, whatever. Tatum, he's 6'8. Gordon Hayward, he's 6'8. Jalen Brown, he's 6'8. So, these guys are able to crash the board. You know, Marcus Smart's a very good rebounder for his position. He didn't even actually get an offensive rebound today. But, you know, even a guy like Grant Williams, like, he just, as a rookie, he's kind of undersized, too. Like, he's pretty much, like, also 6'8". 
but he's kind of a bigger body, kind of shaped like, you know, um, a Brandon Bass. And, yeah, he was just getting – he got six offensive rebounds in 22 minutes. And I, I don't know what you really do to that. But basically the end result between all the extra turnovers and all the extra offensive rebounds was the fact that the Raptors – had 31 less shot attempts than the Celtics. And this is not a difference in free throws. Like, the Celtics took 16 free throws. Raptors took 17 free throws. We're talking about a 31-shot difference. And you just can't overcome that. It doesn't even matter if, you go, if you're go if you hot from three. The Raptors shot 18 or 36 from deep, shot 47% overall from the field. That's enough most nights to win games, almost against anybody. But when you... I mean, you can't just give another team 31 more possessions. So it's, you know, that's that's where it feels self-inflicted because, you know, the Raptors can improve in this end. And I think in terms of rebounding, there's a couple of things you can do. You, one, you could pull Pascal back and make him have more of an emphasis in terms of crashing the boards. Now, that means you're sacrificing a transition game. It makes your offense harder to score. It's a big sacrifice. But for now, especially when Mark is looking like this, you probably need Pascal to at least help out on that end, um, sort of similar to the degree that he did. In game one where he had 18 rebounds. Not expecting 18 rebounds, but, you know, he could be more of a factor there. And then, and two, I think, you know, like, some of these guys that are absent, like, they could really help. Like, for example, McCaw, I think he could be a decent rebounder. Obviously, you're not expecting a guy who's going to play point guard to come in and give you tons of rebounds. But he's a guy who's a 6'6". He can, you know, he's athletic. He can get in there. He can crash for a couple of rebounds. I feel like Rondé could actually really help. He's actually a really good rebounder for... A guy of his size, so he's definitely active. He's definitely scrappy. He'll fight for the loose balls. He comes with a lot of energy. Both McCaw and Rondé are hurt right now. It kind of hurts the rotation as a whole that they're not available. But also, you know, it's I feel like it, there could be a bigger onus for the rest of the guys in that rotation. Like Stanley Johnson, if you want minutes in the, and you want to impress Nick Nurse right now, get out there and rebound like crazy. Like seriously, like just tell, you know, forget thinking that you are um, this offensive I don't know, contributor, just think of yourself as like a Dennis Rodman type. Like, just come in, think of yourself as P.J. Tucker. Come in, get those rebounds. Terrence Davis already has that mindset. I don't mind it, but there's a couple times where he makes rookie mistakes. He fails to box out. These are sort of things that you're going to ride with in terms of a rookie. So, you know, but for all these guys, like, they can make a bigger effort in terms of rebounding um, because it's, it's a big of an issue. And then the third thing I mentioned was Marcus Saul, who, I mean, man, it's the elephant in the room right now, and I don't even mean to, you know, turn that into a phrase, but, like, for real, Marcus has been – really bad games one and game two now obviously it's only two games it's not a big deal but let me just tell you about this right now Marcus all sitting on seven total points for the season on two of 17 shooting that's not that's not a typo I'm, t- I'm telling you seven total points on two of 17 shooting he went two four nine in game one one of those with a banked in three he was really lucky to get that today oh of eight from the field oh of four from the three-point line one of two from the free throw line it was bad. Three turnovers as well in 25 minutes. I mean, just horrendous. And, you know, the Celtics were already kind of making their comeback before Mark came into the game. You know, Kemba Walker started getting hot. I think he scored like 11 straight at one point. But once Nick Nurse checked Ibaka back in the game, and Ibaka at that point had played something like 14 straight minutes, uh, Mark came into the game, and oh, my God, it was horrendous. Like, I, had, I wrote down play-by-play uh, how bad it was. And it was kind of just... It was almost embarrassing. Um, so, so Gasol has back-to-back possessions. He has a free shot in the middle of the lane. One time he had a, a layup that he could have... Any other player really at the center position would have taken one step, gone in for a layup. Instead, Pat, for some reason, Gasol, even though there's nobody in front of him, decides to fade and he misses the shot, the little short turnaround jumper that I swear to God he shoots like 20% on. 
Next time down the floor, he has an open shot. He misses a short little push shot. Next time down the floor, he comes down. He's just trying to carve out post position, and the Celtics rookie um, Williams had got to the the nail before him. Gasol gets there, and then, you know, Williams kind of flops. He kind of exaggerates the call, but, like, still, when you look at the replay, like, yeah, Gasol definitely slams into him, so it's not, like, completely uh, out of the question that he would get called for a foul there. That's a turnover. Another couple plays later, Gasol's in the middle of the floor. He drives in. He goes out for a floater. Jalen Brown blocks the shit out of him at the basket. And then defensively, man, he wasn't doing anything either. Like, Kemba Walker was just coming off the high screen getting open shots. Now, today, Kemba wasn't really shooting that well. Even with the fourth quarter outburst, he hasn't really had, you know, had a very hot start to his Celtic career. But, like, Kemba was getting wide open looks. And in the game plan, you would never, ever, ever really allow Kemba Walker to step into looks like that. He's absolutely deadly, normally speaking, off the dribble in terms of shooting. And Gasol obviously dropping back because he's slower. You know, Kemba was getting open looks. Just luckily that Kemba was actually missing those. And then even when guys like, you know, Edwards or um, Williams would, would drive to the basket or if Jason Tatum would drive to the basket, they were just going right around Gasol. It was really bad. Like, it was, you know, like Gasol, the Raptors had the lead when Gasol was in. He come, uh, You know, he comes in. And then by the time he comes out, which is like, it might be only three minutes, but it felt like forever that Nick Nurse let him out there because, man, it was just, it was hard to watch. It was really hard to watch. And, you know, I'm not blaming Gasol necessarily because obviously it's not like he just didn't do anything in the summertime like he obviously decided to play for the spanish national team and it was great he won the championship congratulations on the world cup but like he's just tired look at him he looks so so tired he's not like he's you know athletically that um lively he never was but even last season we saw in the playoffs this guy can move his seat he can move around like a couple possessions he's guarding Giannis on the perimeter like Gasol can normally move but because the 34-year-old only took, like, two weeks off in the summertime, this guy looks exhausted. He just looks exhausted. And Nick Nurse has a difficult decision here because I feel bad for him. Because, like, I get putting him back in the game. Like, you know, you A, you want to show trust in Gasol. B, you know, you got a back-to-back tomorrow. C, you had Surge out there for a long stretch anyway. And you don't really have a backup power forward right now. So even if you wanted to just get Pascal a little bit of a breather, you pro- it has to involve Mark. But at the same time, man, like, what do you do? You, you just, you know... Mark coming back into the game really sealed it. Like the Raptors kind of were just dead in the water after that. They just lost all the momentum. And, you know, again, I sympathize with Nurse because what are the other options, right? Like Chris Boucher or Dewan Hernandez. I, I I don't know if you can trust those guys. I really don't. Like um like Dewan, maybe a little bit more, only in the sense that he's a, you know, he's shown in limited minutes that he can rebound, but you know, I mean, come on, man. We're talking about a rookie here. Um, I'm not sure how much you can trust that. And then Chris Boucher, like, he comes in, he gives you numbers, but I'm never really sure he's contributing to wins. Um, You know, maybe that's just me, but I don't take him that seriously right now as a basketball player um, in terms of just the way he reads the game and the way he makes decisions out there. So, I don't know. It's tough. But, I mean, like, I mean, yo, if if Mark is giving you a hot 1.5 rebound, 5 assist performance with 3 turnovers on all of 8 shooting, like, man, you might as well see – what you have in Boucher, right? That you, you you might as well see what you have in Dewan, even maybe. Like you just you got to give those guys a look. And I think you know one potential solution is I think when Rondé comes back and he's healthy, I think he can um, quickly sort of carve out a spot for him in the rotation because I think there is an opportunity for a guy like that who can play backup power forward, give you energy, be a good defensive rebounder. He can supply some energy, and I feel like he could be useful. But aside from that, man, like. I don't know. I don't know. I would have seen what Boucher would have given you today. Maybe just some spot minutes in the second quarter. It's not like the Celtics had this, like, dominant scoring big man out there tonight. It was like, 
you know, Grant Williams and Robert Williams the third, and Daniel Tice hurt his foot on one point. So, you know, you know, you might as well see what some of these guys got, but they never really went around to getting doing that. Um, so those are the negatives, and that's why the Raptors lost. Uh, I would say there was also lots of positives in this game as well. I think Kyle Lowry really did find his shot. Now, Kyle did play 40 minutes tonight after playing 45 in game one. This is a concerning trend. I don't want 33-year-old Kyle Lowry to be averaging 42 minutes a game. Having said that, Kyle, game one, didn't really have the shot going, but really found a way to get to the free throw line and contribute. Today, hit six three-pointers, and that was really encouraging because I don't think he hit six three-pointers in all of you know, preseason and game one combined. And it just really looked like he was searching for a shot. He had some pretty bad misses and there was a couple of bad misses tonight, but for the most part, he was really locked in and really aggressive with his offense. And he kept the Raptors in the game for most of the, much of the game. Like this is a classic Kyle Lowry on the road against the Celtics. Kyle always shows up. It's just who else shows up with him. And, um, yeah, Kyle was great today, man. 29 points, 11, 18 shooting. Um, I like the fact that Kyle had the pep in his step to go attack the basket. Uh, that was really nice to see because, I'm not sure that's a consistent part of his game anymore. In fact, I'm pretty sure it's not. But at the same time, you know, when you got guys like Daniel Tice, who's not really a shot blocker, even though he can block a shot or two, but he's not really like an intimidating shot blocker. You know, Robert Williams, the third, he's kind of a Boucher type. You know, Williams, you know, I don't even know who this guy is, really. I'm sorry to this man. Um, yeah, you might as well go try to attack the basket. I thought Kyle was really smart in terms of, you know, against Williams, he would really use the off arms to sort of neutralize the rookie and then go up so he can be clean up, um, you know, going for the layup. Um, against Williams, you know, he kind of just stretched them out in the perimeter and then drove by him. Same thing with Tice, especially after he hurt his foot. So I like the way Kyle approached this game. I really do. Um, and it's encouraging. I don't expect him to score 29 consistently at all, but, um, it's nice to know that he has these outbursts in him. Well, we, well, I mean, clearly we know he has outbursts in him, but it's just nice to see that he found the shot at least. Uh, if he can find the success from three, that opens up so much, so, so much of Kyle's game. And um, on a night where there wasn't a lot of scoring from Mark and definitely from the bench and things like this, uh, it was, it was, you know, good that Kyle stopped up with 29 points. Pascal, another really, really good game statistically. 33 points on 11-22 shooting. 5 of 7 from 3. The 5 of 7 from 3 was really impressive because, A, that's a career high in three-pointers for Pascal. Last year he hit four a couple times. But, B, all the three-pointers that he made were above the break. And last year he shot like 27, 28% on above the break threes. Um, he was obviously much better in the corners. Pascal this year, I mean, he, like, since he has to create more of his own shot, he, you can't really create a shot in the corner. And so... Um, you know, he's going to have to take those above the break threes. And that's all that Pascal works on. Like, literally, you get into the gym. Pascal is after practice. He's with his trainer. He's working on, well, three things. One, above the break threes in terms of just pull-up threes. Comes on the high screen, pull-up, uh, catch and shoot above the break threes. He's, he's working on that. Two, he's working on a little post-up where um, sort of just one-on-one move, face-up game, you know, a variety of finishes. You know, little push shots, little floaters going both directions, little turnaround jumpers. Um, and then three, he's working on free throws, which obviously, you know, no matter how good you are, you got to work on your free throws, but, um, yeah, those three things. And I think today, I mean, you know, we didn't, we haven't, we still haven't seen the mid range game fully, uh, present itself for Pascal, but the five threes today was really encouraging. I also really liked the mentality in which Pascal attacked this game. Like, um, early in the game, he got into foul trouble, two quick fouls, pretty soft fouls, sent him to the bench, basically didn't come back until midway through the second quarter, maybe a little bit early in the second quarter. Pascal finally checks into the game, and all of a sudden he gets you 10 points, he gets you two threes, he gives you a drive to the basket, gets a free throw, 
off, uh, you know, posting a Marcus Smart and drawing a foul. And so, you know, he just produces. And then the second half, he was red hot. I mean, he really just went at the Celtics. I don't really feel like anybody on the Celtics, other than um, Jalen Brown, who was very, very good today, probably their best player, um, could really handle Pascal one-on-one. And um, so the Celtics really decided, okay, we can't handle one-on-one, but we'll hard trap, we'll hard double. And that's where Pascal ran into a couple, uh, a bit of an issue because I think, you know, defenses are kind of understanding that Pascal is the number one threat. So we're going to double team him and we're going to make the Raptors pass the ball around. And the Raptors can pass the ball around. They can hit an open shot. But, like, for the most part, it's sort of the big question right now is whether or not Pascal can get the ball out to the open man. And I think he did okay in that in that front today. Like, you know, there's a couple possessions where, you know, like only two assists, but, like, he did make a couple passes early in the game where he did find the open man and they just missed. Mark, obviously, being one of those dudes. Um but, you know, one other thing is just that teams are kind of sitting on Pascal's spin move in the post, and then they're setting a second defender to prevent him from going middle. And so he's basically walled off. But the part of the issue is I've noticed both today and yesterday and also been in the preseason was that Pascal would spin. He would jump up in the air with no actual pass target to go to, and he would sort of just, like, try to quickly scan who's open. And that's just hard to do. And a couple of t- and, and what's happened is that a couple of times he's tried to throw the ball to the opposite side of the floor, but um, the help is already there. And so the pass is actually blocked off. The passing lane is not actually available, even though the man is open. And so all of a sudden, you know, um, the defense is able to force a turnover and run the other way. There's a couple of ways you can deal with that. One, just don't leave your feet. Like if a man comes and traps you that hard, first off, you're six foot nine. You can kind of throw the pass over most guys. And if you stay on the floor and you sort of pivot and the, the pass comes across and you can throw the bounce pass because it's hard to just jump up in the air and throw a bounce pass. That's really tough. But, you know, I, I just think that these are part of the, you know, the growing curve, the, 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 the learning curve with Pascal. Like, you, there's going to be growing pains. He's going to have to figure out how to deal with double teams. He already acknowledged that in post game, But on the whole, man has been fantastic. He scored 34 game one, 33 tonight um, in only 36 minutes as well against pretty tough defense, shot 50% from the field, shot five or seven from three. I mean, one of the threes, he was just like pulling up and I was like, you know, that's, that's incredible. And I, I mean, not that I don't think defenses are going to try too hard to run Pascal off those three point line. Like they're pretty much going to try to still give them those shots, even though, um, you know, that's not necessarily, um, you know, like, you know, they're not giving him wide open threes. They know he can shoot, but like obviously given a choice between allowing him to get into the middle of the paint or shooting the three, they'll allow him to shoot the three. But, you know, if he can have this bit of this, you know, pull up game, you know, the stuff that he's working on right now, if he can run a couple pick and rolls that way, it just, if he has the ability to shoot the above the break three, that really does open up his pick and roll game. And um, yeah, so. I love what I'm seeing from Pascal early on as a, as a number one guy. I also love what I saw from OG today, man. I mean, defensively, I thought he was pretty good. A couple of times he made a couple of mistakes, but for the most part, really solid defensively. You know, give you nine points of four or five shooting with the three, eight rebounds as well. You know, crashed the glass hard, got a block. You know, he fouled out in the end, but I'm really happy with what OG is doing. And I think if he does it every night, people are going to be pretty pleased with him. Fred today, uh, I would say probably the second worst rotation player outside of Mark, but at least with Fred, I understand that, you know, for A, he's playing 40, what, four minutes game one, 42 today, um, and B, you know, he has an ankle injury. Like, it just, it's night and day between how he was driving to the basket against the Pelicans and all those spinning finishes and things like this, and today, he's just getting blocked, like, over and over and over again. It's sort of back to last year's Fred. 
And, like, yeah, man, I mean, when he has ankle injury, his explosiveness is just not there. And so when he does drive into the basket, like, the defender is right on a hip, and it's hard for him to sort of shoot it over his man when he doesn't have that little, you know, that, that quickness. And, again, it just – it sucks. It sucks because, really, the injury, the injury was preventable if the cameraman had just moved him back. And it's not the cameraman's fault. Like, this is just sort of where people are stationed. But it just sucks that he got – you know, he, he got banged up on the small play like that. Now, I think Fred will recover, obviously. It's just an ankle injury. But, you know, today, only eight points on two of 11 shooting. You know, he shot 0 of 6 on two-pointers. It's not good. It's it's not good. And it's definitely a long cry from uh, what he was in game one. But, you know, overall, it is what it is. Um, I guess the major concerns are rebounding and, and, Mar- and Mark's uh, health. That's obviously uh, something to watch moving forward because, you know, the Raptors kind of need all these guys. They really do, especially on this really short rotation with a couple injuries in the rotation right now. It's tough, man. It's tough. And we'll see how much uh, endurance sort of plays a factor here because, you know, it's early in the season. These guys aren't in peak shape just yet. A couple of them are, sure, but a lot of them aren't. And, uh, you know, you got it back-to-back. You're already on a short rotation. That's basically seven and a half guys. Yeah, you know, it's a, it, it's it's a bit of a worry. The Bulls, they're okay. I mean, they beat the the Grizzlies today. Um, I don't know. The Raptors should still win, but uh, yeah. Anyway, in terms of your three stars tonight, number one star, I'm giving that to Kyle Lowry, 29 points, four rebounds, seven assists, a steal, 11 of 18 shooting, six of 10 from deep for our leading man. I mean, he had a steal, he had a block. It's good. Also, I was tracking how many times um, Kyle Lowry and Fred Van Vliet got posted up, and it was three times, and all three times the Celtics missed. So, um, I'm you know, as Nick Nurse said, he's not concerned about playing the two small point guards together because, realistically, they both play bigger than their actual size, and Kyle Lowry obviously is excellent at that. I thought Kyle really kept the Raptors in the game early, and if it wasn't for Kyle, I mean, I don't know. Raptors might not have been in this game in the first place. And then second start, we have to Pascal Siakam, 33 points, 11 of 22 shooting from the field, 5 of 7 from deep. Six to six from the free throw line. He could get a couple more foul calls. Honestly, he's not really getting that much love from the officials. Eight rebounds, two assists. Um, the five turnovers are regrettable, but overall, Pascal scoring and the way he's embraced the number one role so far is really encouraging. And it's sort of an ongoing process throughout the season for him to learn, for him to learn how to face double teams, for him to learn how to face. You know, I mean, the, the, the Celtics threw like three different schemes at him. At one point, they had like a, basically a 3-2 kind of zone just to sort of prevent Pascal from driving into the middle of the paint or from posting up. And, you know, these are things that Pascal's going to have to learn. And the more he diversifies his skill set, the better he's going to be because the five threes today, I mean, that's that's a big part of his success. And uh, it's really amazing how he's developed as a shooter. And it really shows um, how much he's committed to improving. And then your third time, we go to Serge Ibaka. 13 points, 8 rebounds, an assist, and 3 blocks off the bench. Perfect 5 of 5 shooting from the field. Hit 1 on 1 from the 3 point line. Um, Serge is, he's good, man. He's really good. Uh, and, you know, I, I wouldn't overreact too much early in the season. I try to keep everything steady. But at the same time, if Mark continues to give you like 1 point or like 5 points or whatever, you might have to consider, you know, moving Serge to the starting lineup. Because let's be real, Serge deserves it more right now. He really does. And um, Serge is sharp. He's fit. Mark, not so much. Who knows? You know, maybe you got to flip it around a little bit. But, um, you know, we know that Serge, in no matter what role you give him, he's going to produce. I love the way he was protecting the basket early on in this game, man. I mean, like a couple of times the Celtics were just 
like Jalen Brown tried him. Um, the the rookie Williams tried him. A couple of other guys tried it, and like Serge was like, "Come on, man! I know Serge is not like twenty two anymore, but like, man, this guy can still block shots. Like, don't you know? Don't bring don't bring that weak stuff inside." Uh, in terms of your Gerald Henderson Award tonight, I. I got to go to Jalen Brown and he's not really a Gerald Henderson candidate really because he's pretty good player. But today he was fantastic. 25 points, nine rebounds, four assists, two blocks on 11 of 20 shooting from the field, hit a big three in the end to sort of seal it for the Celtics as well. Um, I loved not just the way Brown attacked the basket. Cause I, you know, the off the dribble game is really um, eye opening. If he can continue doing that, then maybe he is a max player. But uh, I love the defense that he played against Pascal. Again, like I said, man, nobody else on the team on the Celtics could guard Pascal, could do anything with Pascal. Uh, and it was really just Brown. And to a small, very, very small extent, Marcus Smart could sort of affect what Pascal was doing. And um, it was impressive to see. Like, obviously, the officiating helped. Like, Jalen Brown had two hands on Pascal's back at all times. Not called. Boston Celtics at home. That's just how, how it goes. But, you know, uh, Jalen was very impressive. And I like Jalen Brown, too. He's uh you know, very thoughtful young man. And then in terms of the Pat Patterson award, which, I mean, yo, shout out Pat Pat for uh, having 20 points yesterday, man. He has six three-pointers. I, I couldn't believe it. But, um, you know, uh, in terms of the Pat Patterson award, I got to give that to Marcus Gasol. I mean, like, come on, man. This guy was was 0 of 8 from the field. Man, I uh, I love Mark. I really, really love Mark. I appreciate him so much. He was such a big part of the championship. He's such a lovable dude. But, like, come on, man. You got to do better. You got to do better. He's better than this. Hopefully he responds like you did between game two and game three of the Bucks series because, I mean, Raps kind of need him, man. We got a short rotation. We can't have a, a guy on the team that's giving you, like, one or two points a game. We already have one norm. So that does it for the podcast. Thanks, everyone, for uh, for listening. Also, thanks, everyone, for watching. If you're one of those people watching on YouTube, uh, I apologize for the first episode, um, you know, bit of a snafu in terms of the audio uh, apparently it was all pan to the left side so this one hopefully it's fixed it should be on both ears um, but i appreciate everyone for uh listening and tuning in for that one i think you have almost five thousand views so that that's pretty good but let's let's keep growing that and um yeah thanks everyone for watching also by the way the uh the, the championship dvd contest that's over i picked three winners i'm gonna be in touch with them um over the weekend and so um, check your inboxes. But thank you to everyone who sent in um, reviews and things like this. I only have so many copies of the DVD to give away, but um, it's hugely appreciated. Man. I, it was honestly just reading those things over. I, I hope it wasn't just like bot compliments. I, I you know, I, I feel like a lot of those are heartfelt and I appreciate that a, a ton. You know, I just honestly, I started this podcast like what I think three years ago just to um, have a way of just basically serving what i thought wasn't um a very serviced market in terms of just post-game shows like why wasn't there a consistent raptors post-game show and so i wanted to provide that and to see it grown to where it is and to see all the love and the appreciation uh it's really heartwarming and i really appreciate it so thanks for everyone for thanks to everyone for listening i'll be back um tomorrow night when the raptors play the bulls peace when it comes to your finances you think you've done it all You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. 
For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com.